Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to another episode of Disney vs. Disney Debates, the podcast where we're going to figure out exactly what is the best Disney movie ever made. I am your grandmaster and host, Zane C. Weber, and I have two fantastic debaters with me today to argue Frozen vs. Atlantis, The Lost Empire. But before we introduce them, I'm going to introduce my fact checker, none other than Georgie Birdie. Hello. Hey, going, Georgie? I'm going great. Ready to check some facts. Going to check all the facts. All of them. In fact, those checks. Done. Excellent. Okay. Well, we will be cutting back to you in a moment. But first, representing Atlantis is returning debater. Your pal, old Matty. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that sure is him, and that is what he calls himself. Uh, no, everyone calls me this all the time. Yeah, no, I'm sure. I'm sure they do. What is your relationship with Atlantis? My relationship with Atlantis? Well, when I was eight years old, my favourite movie, and it's still to this day, is Raiders of the Lost Ark. So as a kid, Atlantis was my jam. It is the penultimate kind of... It's, a, it's just Indiana Jones on steroids. It is a glorious pulp adventure for I everyone. I feel like you're getting into the debate early. <laughs> well done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and going up against uh, Atlantis with Frozen is friend of the podcast, Stacey Hobbs. Hello. Woo. Now, why do you love Frozen, Stacey? Frozen. I have a lovely memory of seeing Frozen in the cinema with a friend of mine who just chortled her way through the movie and just loved it. And I think it was that moment with my friend and just being with her and someone I don't usually go to the movies with either. Um, I think the movie's got a really special place in my heart now because I've got that special memory with my friend. It's a great movie as well, but um, I think that's my most solid memory of watching it for the first time was being with my my girlfriend and my other girlfriend and just really having a wonderful time, Uh, enjoying some Disney as an adult. Durable. Mm. Correct. So, our debate format. We have rolled a dice and Matthew has decided that he will be going first. I'm sorry, uh, who decided that he was going first? You. Who? Matthew is your name. Matthew? <laughs> uh, I'm not, I believe I introduced myself as something different. Shall I deduct some points? <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, Matthew, yes, he's going first. <laughs> backpedal, backpedal, backpedal. <laughs> Yes, so uh, in the round one, you will have three minutes to make your opening statements as to why your film is the best Disney film ever made. Mm -hmm. Then your opponent will have the same. Then we will go on to round two, a two-minute rebuttal of why your opponent's film is not the best Disney film ever made. Then we'll have a short break. 
We'll come back with an open discussion and questions either asked by me or by the fact checker. Indeed. And then after another small break, we'll come back with a one-minute summation of your arguments. And that is when the debate ends and I make my decision. And one of these films is cast out into the cold. Mm-hmm. It's harsh. Uh, it's harsh. Well, like that. yeah, that's kind of a anyway. well, yeah. Yeah. reward. It's a reward for the again. <laughs> okay. All right. So <laughs> there are five criteria that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for the memorable moments. I'm looking for the message of your movie. I'm looking for the movie magic, the magic music, and the final catch-all topic. That Disney touch. Mm. What did Disney do in your film that no one else would have or could have? So, without any further ado, oh, I will say, mm-hmm. and in the first mm-hmm. round, during the three minutes, you'll get a warning at two minutes, and your warning will be... Alrighty. And at one... At, at when your time is up, you'll be cut off with... The jig is up, you jaded jug-headed jack-in-the-box! Such a rude cartoon. That is a rude <laughs> cartoon character. Darkwing Duck is a classic, and I will not have you dismiss. <laughs> That's a point off, I think. That's oh, no. <laughs> I've lost before I began. <laughs> All right. Okay. So your time starts when you start speaking, Matthew. Why is Atlantis the best Disney film ever made? Hey, Atlantis. All righty, my Chiotis. Atlantis is the greatest Disney film ever, ever made because it is the ultimate fantasy action-adventure film Disney's ever done. And I say film here in the most snobbish sense. Set in 1914, it tells the story of a young linguist who holds the key to discovering not only Atlantis but the secret to its power, who joins up with a ragtag group of shameless mercenaries to do just that. In production, the creative team's motto was fewer songs, more explosions, and boy did this treasure deliver. It utilized CGI more than any previous traditional animation, giving us the great Jules Verne-inspired subterranean journey, complete with terrifying leviathans and Indiana Jones on steroids, wink, action sequences like battles on burning blimps, all with the anamorphic format to yeah, anamorphic format to convey the story's wide and enamoring scope. Milo is immediately likable. Voiced by Michael J. Fox, he's a dork, but one with conviction, self-belief, and confidence. No easy feat when surrounded by his lovable but intimidating new mercenary pals. I could burn all my minutes just talking about how every supporting character in this movie is worth their weight in gold. So I'll limit myself to the Italian bombardier, who was so full of natural charisma that SNL legend Don Novello literally improvised every recorded line. And James Garner effortlessly playing the John Wayne-esque powerhouse that was Lyle Tiberius, who was a dangerously likable and believable antagonist. Indeed, when I first watched Atlantis, I was on Lyle's side to the end. (laughs) Uh, The music of this film was a score worthy of the best action movies, animated or not. Emotional scores propelled the character-fueled action and carried non-dialogue scenes straight to the heart, while also transporting us from culture to culture as each setting had their own distinct theme, as immersing as the unique architecture of each world. Indeed, the architecture of Atlantis, as well as the scores, were based off a kind of a melting pot of cultures from Thailand uh, South, and just generally Southeast Asia and Russia. So, where was I? Oh, no, I've lost my train of... Th- 
thoughts and here we are the creative team cared about this film and you can see that in its polished pacing and beautiful character development mark orkrand of klingon fame developed a whole damn atlantean language a beautiful mother language that every etymologist wants to learn and even when they're just around a campfire sharing stories the pacing never droops it's a beautifully human movie about finding what you truly value the treasure inside and all that jazz and also boasts glorious anti-imperialist and anti-capitalist themes i mean literally taking the diamond of atlantis would annihilate everyone. Not so not to be controversial, but I'd say that's a little currently pertinent. <coughs> Armani. This is a naturally bombastic, fantastic human story that is the greatest Disney movie for our modern world. That's all, right. all Maddie kids. All right. You did that with time to spare. Congratulations. <laughs> Lots of great points there. I have made many notes. Now it's time to pass it over to Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> now, Stacey, you too will get three minutes with a warning at two. Cut off with no warning at three. So your time starts whenever you start talking. Frozen is a 2013 computer, anima- computer animated film produced by Disney inspired by the Hans Christian Andersen's fairy tale, The Snow Queen. It was decided to make Frozen a movie about the love between siblings and subvert the typical romantic storyline Disney was famous for creating. Elsa literally says, you can't marry a guy you just met in the movie, a direct poke at the Disney trope. The turning point for this was the song, Let It Go. In the song, the character of Elsa became a multi-dimensional character rather than a two-dimensional villain. In Frozen, Anna has a coming-of-age story. According to Lee, the director and writer, Anna goes from having a naive view of life and love because she's lonely to the most sophisticated and mature view of love where she's capable of the ultimate love, which is sacrifice. On watching again, I could see how this movie could appeal to children. Children have difficulty regulating their emotions and can often be afraid of their anger or other strong emotions getting out of control. Elsa's motto of conceal, don't feel, don't let it go, is very relatable to this challenge. And later, the climax of let it go where Elsa lets go of her fear is a cathartic and freeing experience that children can relate to and is an empowering message. The movie is chock full of memorable moments, including the opening scenes with the ice cutting and the chanting, the do you want to be a snowman montage, Love is an open door, which is hilarious and beautiful. Elsa creating her ice castle, taking out her hair and changing her dress and being a boss um, and her whole ice battle. Um, Han's betrayal and that whole climax of the story where Elsa thinks Anna's dead and Han's goes kill her and Anna runs away from Kristoff who could save her and goes to save Elsa is amazing the animation itself is incredible um, they did heaps of study they went over to Norway and studied uh, there they actually even um, got mathematicians and physicians um, sorry um, to develop programs for the snow because snow is such a complex thing and ice to create and fun fact 50 effects artists and lighting artists work together on the technology to create one single shot in which Elsa builds her ice palace. Its complexity required 30 hours to render each frame with 4,000 computers rendering one frame at a time. The score is amazing by Christopher Beck um, and he used lots of traditional Norway instruments and vocal techniques in the score. And the songs are written by Robert Lopez and Christian Anderson Lopez and they became some of the most memorable in the movie and in fact some of the most popular in the entire Disney catalogue with Let It Go topping the list of the most streamed uh, Disney song of all time. Um, and it was such a cohesive score. Frozen ranks as the highest grossing animated film of all time, the 14th highest grossing film of all time. It won two Academy Awards for Best Animated Feature and Best Original Song, Let It Go, the Golden Globe Award for Best Animated Feature Film, the BAFTA Award for Best Animated Film, five Annie Awards, including Best Animated Feature, two Grammy Awards for Best Compilation Soundtrack and Best Song, and it got two Critics' Choice Movie Awards for the Best Animated Feature and Best Original Song, Let It Go. This film was a 
Bonza. It went bonkers. Everyone loves it. And it is beautiful to boot with a powerful message. It is awesome. All right. With one second to spare. <laughs> well done, <laughs> Stacey. My God. <laughs> that was right. a lot of work. That was wasn't even of all of it. I, I skipped a bunch because I was like, I'm running out of time. Well, uh, well, a lot of debaters forget that after they either win or lose here, if they win, they've got to debate this movie again. In I, know. The second mm. round. I know. I know. you got to save up a little something. Got to save a little something. something. Mm-hmm. Uh, wonderful. So before we get into mm. our second round, is there any facts that need to be checked? Um, I would just like to point out that I never realised it was Michael J. Fox as the voice. (laughs) I like that was just said and my mind imploded a little bit. Um, They did actually wear T-shirts even when they were making it saying Atlantis, fewer songs, more explosions, which Mm -hmm. I think is fun. Um, But otherwise all the other facts checked out. All right. Excellent. It's looking good. So now for round two, you will get no warning. You'll just be cut off at two minutes. Now, this is your time to tell us why your opponent's film is not the best Disney film ever made. So, we will start with Matthew, and you will have two minutes when you start talking. All right, this is going to get scattershot. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So, Frozen. It's, in my view, and this is going to be throwing a heavy punch, I apologise, but it's a glorified pop album. All right. Let It Go is indeed a banger, and perhaps the only (laughs) number, unlike the best musicals, where... It doesn't drive the plot, Uh, unlike even the score of Atlantis. None of those songs in Frozen, other than Let It Go, drive the plot forward. For example, for the first time in forever, it is displaying... It doesn't reveal that much character either. It's displaying Anna, like, trancing about the castle. By the way, she has no reason to stay in the castle. Elsa's isolated herself, but there's no reason why Anna, who's clearly bored, isn't, uh, isn't going out. And unlike, say, Rapunzel, who uses her time effectively while in the tower and learns many skills and is incredibly productive, all Anna does is mess about the castle all the time, dancing with paintings and whatnot. (laughs) Elsa is a terrible (laughs) sister and nonsensically locks herself away due to forced writing. Because the troll at the beginning, who I'll get to them in a moment, the the troll at the beginning (laughs) tells her explicitly, with her father present, fear is your enemy. Don't fear your power. You know, and what does he say? Fear your power. Conceal, don't feel. (laughs) It's terrible force writing that has no place in a plot that's just forcing itself along. Um, Then Elsa isolates herself again more for no rational reason for Let It Go, creating a killer snowman to go after her sister and then dooming her kingdom to to eternal winter. She's Daenerys, but with ice instead of fire. (laughs) Anyway... (laughs) The trolls are an ugly addition. Not only is their song Fixer Upper like incredibly problematic and kind of goes against the whole of the film, you know, oh, you know, embrace yourself. But no, you cha- let someone change you for love. Anyway, uh, the trolls bring the whole film down from a, a film where everyone can enjoy it, it's decent, it's beautiful, to a five-year-old's daytime program show. The jig is up, you jaded junkhead and jack in the box. Okay, didn't get a chance to get it all out in that one. I had so much. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was fun. That was I enjoyed that. The passion. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Stacy, it is now your turn Whoa. to tell us why Atlantis is not the best mm. Disney film ever made. Your time will start as soon as you start talking. Look, there are a lot of problems with Atlantis. Um, 
first of all, with Kida. Kida is like, they're trying to build up to be like awesome and like gangbusters and brave, but there's so much problematic stuff in her writing. Firstly, she's meant to be like nearly 9,000 and she has the appearance of someone in their 20s. So kind of doesn't match up. So like all of their ages don't really make sense. Secondly, they're trying to show that she was really smart and intelligent. However, Milo, the trademark straight white male, has to come in and show her, oh, have you thought of putting your hand on the thing and then turn the crystal to this? I mean, you've had 8,000 years to try. Have you thought of this thing though? Um, There's a whole (laughs) heap of problems about the whole Atlantean race that there had been thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of lived history. Not, Not like people dying off, as in people staying alive for thousands of years yet haven't been able to figure this out and Miley comes in and goes ha ha I'm a straight white male let me fix all your problems for you um also Kita turns into this like boss light queen when she you know it's you know men's with the the heart of Atlantis but then she just like doesn't do anything just is like just capture me now guys bye and then of course trademark straight white male has to go and rescue her because you know that's what the women's do get caught and then rescued um Again, Milo just being the only person to read the text. Oh, it's gone missing. You have thousands of lived history. How is no one... You literally speak the language. How have you not figured out your own... Oh, that just doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> There's a, hundreds of people dying within seconds. No one really cares. Whatever. Um, the side characters are really more annoying than anything, particularly the mole. He's useless. He has no place in this adventure. He, do, he serves absolutely no purpose. And we don't get to really know those extra characters. And the movie is way above the heads of kids, but it's not sophisticated or risky enough for adults. So who is this movie for? I don't understand who this movie is for. And um, really, lots of action, but sac- characters are sacrificed for this and the audience is lost. All right. Well, you almost got it there, but wonderful. Okay. Mm. So... That is first and second rounds. Any facts that need to be checked at this point, Georgie? I mean, just personal opinions, but they're not facts in which we can debate. Not yet. Not yet. Anyway. Okay, well, let's take a break and we will come back with a question and answer segment. Right, so time for the question and answer segment of the show. Now, something that both of you have mentioned in passing, but Mm -hmm. I would like a little bit more discussion about, is the role of side characters in your films. Mm. So Mm. specifically in Atlantis, there is like a big bunch of them, a whole bunch of really dynamic characters that add into the the movie. Mm -hmm. But also in Frozen, we haven't brought up Olaf even once. I know, I'm surprised actually. (laughs) And there's reindeer and there's there's, uh, dukes. Um, Yeah, the weasel (laughs) guy. That's right. So I would like you... (laughs) (laughs) I would like that you one. both to just just talk for a little bit about what your characters add to your film um, and why they are necessary. Okay, so Atlantis at its heart is a treasure hunting movie. And with any treasure hunting movie, the best ones is, where, is like a heist movie. It's when you get a ragtag group of misfits together, each with their own specialisations. And not only do they propel the plot forward, but they reveal something about the protagonist. So we've got Sweets, who's like the really charismatic, good-willed kind of doctor. You've got uh, the mole dude, Moliere, I think his name is, and he's like this eccentric digger kind of dude. And likes you know, to eat dirt. He likes to eat <laughs> dirt. He loves, he loves like all of just the earth. Uh, you've got the Italian bomber, and you've got uh, 
the radio operator who just doesn't give a f- any. She just doesn't <laughs> care about anything, and except she just you know she punches in, she punches out. They they all bring such depth to the world, and when you're introduced to James Garner, who frankly he's a clear antagonist from the start. He's like he's too kind of macho and too kind of eerie, and unlike say a certain Hans. It's foreshadowed <laughs> his betrayal at the end because Helga gets into the car, who's also a very strong female character. Um, and she's like, well, there are people still living here. This changes everything. And then he's like, this changes nothing. And you're like, ooh, something bad's going to happen. Mm. But when you're introduced to him, because you're introduced to this wide array of charismatic, believable characters, each with a history and values and their own goals. And it's just like, it's kind of like a side note that they're a mercenary. It's like, oh yeah, this is what I do. And it's very human. And that's, that's what I think really brings this film to the forefront of greatness. Is Because yeah, it gives what in, should be the team of bad guys at the end. Stakes. Yeah, stakes, yeah. personality. When they turn on um, Tib- Tiberius at the end, you understand what they're sacrificing and why they're groaning. It's like, oh, I have to do the right thing. Because you understand exactly what they're sacrificing when they deny capitalism, deny yeah. the clear good... Like, again, when I was younger, I thought, take the treasure. I don't think I put it together that people would die if they took it. Uh, but they do explicitly state they that. They do. I just don't yeah. think I just, like, it sunk in. But um, so you understand what they're sacrificing. So when they team up with Milo, you're like, these are good people. Yeah. And you understand them and you forgive them being a mercenary in the past. All right. Yeah. And so obviously the side characters in Frozen serve a very different purpose. Mm. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. Well, I think there's kind of two, off the top of my head, two categories of the side characters. They're the side characters who are, are kind of external and uh, drive plot points or tension to the characters. And then there's side characters that Elsa has created and shows more about her internal conflicts and her internal drivers. So... External ones being the Duke, who obviously is like token bad guy. I want to get them off the throne so I can have the throne and I can control things mm. and I'm going to be, you know, small and weird looking and, and be, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the typical Disney bad guy, like the same as Old Maiden in, in Atlanta. So you're like, that guy's bad. Like you just know he's just bad. He's, he's from a town with that's called Weasel Town. <laughs> they made it very obvious. Wesselton. Wesselton. <laughs> Wesselton. Uh, but they made it very obvious that that guy's not good news. Yeah. Um, but then we also have Han, who um, I think it's really, really cool in a Disney movie to have someone who is traditionally the love interest and, and poor Anna, who's so lonely and desperate and dorky, just clings to, like, any side of hope. Um and the whole Disney trope of falling in love in like three seconds, I'm going to marry this guy. And the whole fact that at the end, he just does a 180. He's like, actually, no, I'm just in this. Han's in it for Han. And um, you can just die now. Um, it was kind of cool. I, when I watched it, I, I really liked that. I liked being shocked by that. I think I'm not used to Disney always shocking us in that yeah, way. Yeah. So that was refreshing and fun. And I think that um, shows another point of conflict um, because most of this movie is centering around Anna and Elsa's relationship and, and the fact that, you know, Elsa's like, dude, you can't marry Han, that's stupid, you just met him. And Elsa, Anna's like, it's Anna's like, it's another thing that you're saying no to, um, and not seeing the logic there. So I think it, again, is a point of contention between the yep. two of them and kind of fills, and fills out the world, that there's other countries, Han's from another country, another royal kingdom, it kind of fills, and, the, you know, Weaselton, there's other places in this world and they all... Um, 
have a point in this story and the things that happen here um, are not necessarily contained to that time and place. They could affect other places and in this world. that's how we get Tarzan. <laughs> yes. No. All the conspiracy Denied for another We day. don't have time Denied. for that. Um, I'm just going to talk a little bit about the other side characters being Olaf um, and the giant angry snowman um, and they were created by Elsa and really show the two uh, forces within her. She's got this, um, what is portrayed more so in the first couple acts of the movie being cold and heartless and 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 having to be strong and withdrawn and so she she literally creates this embodiment of her fear and her um of her anger in this giant snowman who kind of beats them off and and gets rid of them and 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 further ostracizes her and keeps her away but then we have Olaf who is pure friendship he Mm. is just pure goodness he's very naive yes um but also he speaks, you know, at the end when he's talking to Anna and he's talking about um, he's trying to keep her safe and he's trying to protect her and he starts a fire and he's literally melting and she's like, you don't need to look after yourself and he's like, some people are worth melting for, you know. Like, I, I love – fr- and that having that friendship relationship, I think this movie was so unique in that it's so much of it was about friendships and about sacrifices you make for your friends or your loved ones being your family more so than for a love interest. Yes, yeah. there was that sacrifice of love interest and Christoph is a really, really cool male love interest that I could also <laughs> rant about about how amazing he is as a character. We'll but get into love interest <laughs> you know, We can do that another time. But, um, yeah, so we're Olaf and the, the giant – Snowman, I don't think he has a proper name. Um, Snowball. Snowball, whatever. Oh, Snowball, yes, yes. Um, Fact check from my brain. (laughs) Thanks, babe. (laughs) But but they show this, like, internal turmoil in Elsa, which further explains how she's gotten to this point. Absolutely. I definitely think you've you've picked up on those those two characters are exactly the two parts that are fighting in Elsa Mm. that – Olaf is the remnants of the love that she felt in yeah. her childhood. It's and the same that, one that she made for Anna, yeah, like when they were little. Olaf, Olaf's sacrifice is showing mm. what Elsa is willing, would be willing to sacrifice and for Anna. And has sacrificed yeah. for Anna. You know, mm. locking herself away was to protect Anna All as right. much as everyone okay. else. I'm very impressed with what you have both said. I have another question. Mm-hmm. Mm. I have yet to make any points for either of you. In that Disney touch Mm. portion of the criteria. Mm. So I'm I'm going to give you both a chance to plead your case as to why your film is very specifically Disney-fied. Very specifically Disney-fied. Well, I reckon it's uniquely Disney-fied because of its anti-capitalist and kind of anti-imperialist themes in that... Every one of the characters is from a different country. And during a time set in World War One, some of them are on different sides. So you've got the Italians, you've got the German. You say Helga's German. You've got an American, two Americans. You've got an Italian. You've got a Puerto Rican, I think. Um, and you've got a French person. So they all come together for this one mission of capitalism. And then they all give it up with the exception of James Garner. Yeah. And that's part of the whole point of it, that there's always a part of you that you know, wants the treasure, but it's the better part of you that says, no, I'm going to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also unique in that it does what Walt Disney would always love doing with Peter Pan and Robin Hood and Sword in the Stone and Pinocchio is that it delved into literature and these larger-than-life adventures and it brought those back to life because it was originally slated to be an adaptation of Journey to the Centre of the Earth. 
and it was transformed into Atlantis. So a unique Disney adventure, but it's extremely 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. It's extremely yeah. Journey to the Century yeah. of the Earth. It's a Jules Verne literary adventure brought to life in Disney's way. All right. Excellent. And uh, Stacey? I think Frozen uh, is so typically Disney, partially because of the Disney princess canon um, and the fact that Disney is consistently pumping out these movies that have really strong female leads. And I think in Frozen you kind of get like two bangs for your buck really in that you've got um, Anna and Elsa who are very different women but still very empowering in their own ways. Anna with her optimism and her, her spirit and her just uh, love and open heart and Elsa for all of the sacrifices she's made to protect people that, by locking herself away in that strength and also the strength to accept herself um, and them in accepting each other. So I think in the, the whole Disney princess canon, I think this really fits in really, really nicely um, and, and Disney's very much about getting all the beats right and getting the story right. This story was being developed since before they released Snow White and they kept coming back to it and going, mm, it's not right yet, mm, it's not right yet, mm, it's not right yet. And then they finally found something that worked and that was making Elsa not just a villain but making her a, a, a multi-dimensional character, giving her depth, giving her this journey. And then with Anna having that journey together and that, that um, complex relationship that sisters are and I think that's another thing mm. kids relate to I remember squabbling with my sister and chucking stuff and pulling it like I think anyone who's got a sibling will watch this movie and will recognize themselves in that and I think that power of of taking a childlike experience and put it into a movie where it's got magic so it's not directly going don't do this kids or whatever but it's giving kids strategies and a, and a role model to go okay I'm struggling but I can do it. I'm struggling with this. My, my emotion's getting out of control. Something's out of control in my life, but I can, I can be free of that one day and I can take charge and I can make choices, even though they're hard and might sacrifice a lot of things. I can, I can do it. I can do that. I can do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. I think that's so Disney. All right. Well, I am satisfied. <laughs> so we're going to take another break. And when we come back, we will give you one minute to make your final Arguments. Okie dokie. So our final final segment is one minute. Rebuttal, summarization. Any final points you need to make, you have one minute to do so. Before we get to that, Georgie, mm. are there any facts that need to be checked? I think all our facts are above board tonight. All right. Which has been nice. We're Good. all very clever. Yeah. It's very intellectual. <laughs> it's getting very intellectual. No time. low cuts. <laughs> so we will start with Matthew as the dice decreed. Mm-hmm. You'll have one minute with no warning. I'll just cut you off at the end of one minute to summarize why Atlantis is the best Disney film ever made and why Frozen is not. Your time starts when you start talking. Atlantis is the greatest Disney film ever made because, above all, I think what a great Disney film does is it, it goes above beyond what an animated film is thought to be. So when Snow White was made, Walt Disney knew he hit gold when people cried in the theatre at the t- when Snow White died because they were taking an animation seriously. You take Atlantis seriously, it is a great action-adventure movie. And what it has above everything and what it has above Frozen is pacing. It doesn't slag, even, even though Frozen um, is subverting itself, 
for the sake of subversion, Act 1 is slow. Whereas with Atlantis, Act 1 is setting up this great big adventure and finding Atlantis. And then Act 2, the second half of Act 2 is all the trials and tribulations they have along the way and all that jazz. And this adventure, like any great action film, has consequences. People die and they make... They die for their choices, like Helga sticks with Tiberius to the end, and she dies. Jig is up, you jaded, jug-headed, Frozen has no consequences, no one dies. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me turn your microphone off, sir. How dare you. All right, okay, strong words. Uh, Stacey, you will also have mm. one minute to summarise why Frozen is the best Disney film ever made and why Atlantis is not. Your time starts when you start talking. Frozen created this incredible... Uh, fantasy world that hits so close to home. It talks about mending relationships, embracing yourself for who you are and letting go of fear. Um, it talks about putting your family first and loving yourself and loving your family. It has these glorious songs that give us so much character development and move that story along and they're so catchy. People will sing them for ages. The whole community just embraced. I remember there was a time you couldn't go to the shops without seeing a little girl in an Elsa costume. The kids loved it and I think that it's so clear why um, they did the they developed characters they didn't have a lot of them really but the characters they had they really went into and really you got to know them really really well so that you felt like you're watching your family they became your family and then you had that power to take that message out into the world and it was done in such a beautiful way it's a beautiful beautiful movie and I think it will be timeless because they worked so tirelessly to make it look amazing perfectly timed all right. Well, Damn, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> I have some maths to do. Oh. So, uh, while I am off doing said maths, please take this time to tell each other why you like the other person's film. Uh, shall I go first? Perhaps. Go for it. Go, yeah, for, go it. for it. While I'll, ad- I'll, I'll admit quite shamelessly, I don't enjoy Act One of Frozen. It takes mm. me quite a while to get mm. through. But once it gets through that and starts subverting and... It's a very well-told story. It's, yeah. The pacing is good. Kristoff, um, yeah, Kristoff, he's a lovable kind of Han Solo-esque character, although yeah. I will pick up that you said Han instead of Hans. He's uh. not Han Solo. <laughs> he's Han. Maybe I watched that. <laughs> Chris- subliminally getting the, the Han Solo. Kristoff, however, is Han Solo. <laughs> and, it's, and it's great to watch. Uh, um, yeah. Anna is incredibly likeable. Yeah. And Elsa is a powerful character. And at yeah. the end, when they... Get together. I think its greatest strength is that sisterly love, yeah. and that's the yeah. most real human part of it. And it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just elevates the film beyond your typical Disney musical. Yeah, beyond your typical film. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's remarkable. Yeah. And that's what I liked about Atlantis too. It was so different, and the the stylistically, the art, like it was beautiful to look at, and the fact that they, you know, they shot in that wide. Um, cinema scope, whatever they call uh, it, anamorphic. Anamorphic. Yes, yeah, yeah. I knew it started. <laughs> I was like, I can't remember what it is. Fancy I'm not going to try. But like, so you could take it all in. Like, it was beautifully done. Um, and yeah, I like that it was different. There was a, there was a whole heap of stuff I did. I bring up because for various reasons. But <laughs> but um, I liked it. I thought the characters are cool. I loved um, Milo and Keita's relationship. I thought that was really lovely. Um, they didn't even kiss. They only had like a sweet little hug. And it was like, it was just nice though. It was nice not to have that like... Um, it have it like shoved in your yeah, face. Yeah, like, oh, like it's all for the girl. Like for him, so much of it was like, this is the right thing to do. And this is a whole people. It was about mm. 
all of the Atlantean, not just not just her, um, which I really liked. Um, and look, I've, I brought up my issues with it, and I and mm. I think I get most passionate when there's issues with the movie when I see the potential of the movie, and I think there was so much potential in Atlantis. I still really enjoyed it. Mm. Um, but a little part of me is like, oh man, it could have been so. It could have been so good. much more. And for me, it was it was just who are you talking to? Like for kids, I think you'd have fun. And mm. but but for me, I'm like, oh man, maybe they should have just made this an adult film and just like leant into it and just yeah. Just, but but yeah. I I really love it and I and I was so pleased that I watched it again and got mm. to discover it again um, because yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So I think it's great. Oh, that's a face. There's a face going on. I don't know Zane what is face giving it is. This face that is like the face off. Oh, no. More. no. <laughs> this is going to be a strong face. Oh, 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 oh. Um. I'm ready. My body's ready. But but oh, I no. shall say before, yeah. like even before seeing the face, good debate. Yeah, mm. you too. Good that debate. was remarkable. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Good points were made. Good. Much fun was had. It was good nature. Mm. It was good. So, <laughs> was good debate. Yeah, We're it was so a clever. great debate. There are a lot of points. <laughs> Thanks, that's what I come for. <laughs> a lot of What's, what else about me do you do you like? <laughs> You're telling me. Enough about me. What do you think about me? <laughs> uh, okay, <clears throat> let's just break this down. Ooh. from Ooh. the top. The breakdown, right? Memorable moments. Mm. Mm-hmm. This one went to. Atlantis. Mm. Atlantis, just because of high adventure, super lovable, dynamic characters, lots of spectacle. Like Frozen has a lot of really heartfelt moments Mm. and you did really well listing those off, but Matt just like kept throwing these out there and it was just a matter Mm. of points that pushed this this, uh, topic over to... Uh, to Atlantis. So in the number of memorable moments, that one goes to Atlantis. Mm. When it comes to the blimp. (laughs) (laughs) When it comes to the message though, you were both very uh, most points were made both for and against Mm. in the message category. Mm. This one did go to Frozen though because Frozen is set up literally as to comment Mm. on Disney made for children mm. and the messages that it puts across and it does it so succinctly and so mm. well. Um, and so I think, like, it literally says, you can't marry a man you just <laughs> met. <laughs> favourite bit. Favorite and then bit. you can just cut to all the shocked faces of all the previous Disney princesses <laughs> who have done exactly that. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, and, and that a whole betrayal of expectation. Mm. I think that really puts it really strongly in Frozen's court there mm. for the message. Atlantis does have uh, it, its own messages that you pointed out, Matthew, um, but Stacy did have very solid points about it is Milo coming in and just straight white mailing, fixing everything. <laughs> it, it is a white saviour movie. Yeah. 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 I um, mean, they, they make him king at the end of it. Yeah. And that's <laughs> not a, there, were, there were loyal guards to the previous king. Yeah. What about them? So many other <laughs> options they're, they're maybe, before they got to They're him. maybe a few thousand years older than he is. Yeah. A few thousand <laughs> more years experience. It's a little infant. <laughs> but no, he reads good. Like fetus. <laughs> he fetus, rule our so, kingdom. Uh, yeah, so uh, long story short, the message goes to Frozen. Mm. When it comes to the movie magic... This one goes to Atlantis. Um, Both of you spoke a lot about the plot and Mm. you both pointed out very valid plot errors in in your film and Matthew spoke a bit more about how Frozen seemed to set up 
its world just to break it down mm. with the plot. And uh, Stacey, you didn't fight back quite as hard. So I think you had you both it's earned my the exact weakness. <laughs> yeah, the, you earned the same amount of points for you, but Matt got a few against against Frozen, mm. which gave it to uh, gave it to Atlantis on that one. So aggression um, solves everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've learned well, today. It's, it's more like uh, they both had they both had animation points to be made. Mm. They both had great plot points, but also yeah. you know a few plot errors. And you can see um, when you can see the writing is when you can kind of point out that something's wrong. Yeah. Um, and I think Frozen, because it is making these comments on Disney, mm. has a few more of those moments than Atlantis does, which is more just kind of high rollicking adventure. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to the music, this one has to go to Frozen. Yeah. That was an uphill battle. <laughs> yeah. I'll admit it. Even though you made a couple of very snide but apt <laughs> marks, <laughs> remarks about Frozen soundtrack, there, there are a number of songs in mm. Frozen that have lived on ever since. Like you can just list them off and sing them in a car with your friends without any backing. Um, yeah. So... It, yeah. Even though yeah. it is a pop a pop record, <laughs> yes. it's, it's a good pop record. Uh, so that one, that one went to uh, let it uh, to let it go. To let it go. <laughs> literally, I, I have much. let it go and yeah. pop written down there in my notes. There, that's all uh, you need. Now, when it comes to that Disney touch, mm. this is a controversial one because there's no clear definition. Oh. I kind of mm. hand out points that don't fit anywhere else, and I got you to. Elaborate a little bit more. We have to dig. <laughs> this one is a tie. It's, a it's just ooh. So you both had three, <laughs> three points specifically. Matt, how this ties into what Disney loved about high adventure mm. storytelling, mm. and how, and the examples of of how he's done it in the past, and how this is reflecting that sort of high adventure Disney film, and Frozen again with. Disney's awareness of itself and what it's telling children, that's something mm. that only Disney has the has the pull to do. So what that means is you're two for two with a tie. Oh. What does that mean? What does that mean? That, mean? that means that the debate goes to <gasps> the movie with the overall most points. Oh. oh. So we're going to have a sudden death, like they're going to fight or something. <laughs> and I was no, no, no. Surprise no, no, no. category. Surprise event. Surprise event. Like some so trivia contest about your Disney. Oh, which right. which movie would you like to know the total score point for first? I'm gonna I'm gonna Ooh. let Georgie pick. Let's yeah, go. Let Georgina pick alphabetically. Atlantis. So Atlantis. Hey, Atlantis. Oh, so after tallying all the points for day. and all the points against, Atlantis ended up with twenty points. Okay, okay. twenty number to beat. Frozen mm. ended up with. 18. Oh! Whoa! Oh! That's 20, baby! Oh! <laughs> and, and so Atlantis oh! this week is the better Disney I'm shocked. Congratulations, Matthew. Again, like your ability just to kind of keep hitting with those rapid mm. fire points, mm. I think I think that's what won it for you. Um, but if you think I've made the wrong decision and, and I... We'll agree with you if you think that I have because I could go either way on this debate mm. as with most. It was very, was very, very close. There will be a bloody debate. There will be a social media poll up on our Facebook page. You can go <laughs> and you can vote there. If Frozen beats out Atlantis there and by high percentage, then 
the other uh, social media winners that we've had, then mm-hmm. Frozen still has a chance to get through into the second round. Uh, I am shocked and surprised by the outcome of this. Oh, I am too. Oh, but I can only blame myself. Five-year-old yeah. girls everywhere are like, what? Yeah, there's children like crying in their Elsa costumes. And we know that five-year-olds are our demographic. That's so true. I would say I'm sorry, children, but I'm not. <laughs> children, if you love Frozen, go and watch Atlantis. And we'll be seeing, well, we'll be seeing uh, Matthew back with Atlantis in the second round. Congratulations. That's right. Old Matty's coming back, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so if you want to reach out to us, you can do that any number of ways. We are available on most social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can find us well, you can find us at that'snotcanon.com forward slash Disney vs. Disney, or you can send us an email at Disney vs. Disney at gmail.com. Thank you, Stacey, for fighting so valiantly for Frozen. Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah. It was an Thank honour. Thank you. That was amazing. <laughs> yes. uh, I'm surprised that the uh, the Broadway adaptation didn't get brought up. Oh, it was yeah. one of my points, but it got cut <laughs> for time. Yeah. It got cut for time. All right, and congratulations again, Matthew. Thank you very much, Grandmaster. I must say, I feel like Balboa taking down Apollo Creed. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Now, I think that that is a reference that 5% of our audience will get. Oh, now I'm going to weep. <laughs> and thank you once again to our fact checker of the week, Georgie Purdy. You are welcome. Uh, we will pleasure. be seeing you all same time next week. New debate. Until then, keep watching Disney, everyone. So, what should I listen to now? We are Castology. This is our podcast about podcasts. We are your Castologists, Patrick Shearer, Liz Best, and Zancy Weber. Each week, we'll bring you three of the best and sometimes not so best podcasts around. We'll also do the hard work and trawl the RSS feeds to find the newest podcast that should be on your radar. And then next week, we come back and tell you what we thought of the recommendations and bring three new sparkling podcasts to check out. Now, will we always agree with each other's picks? Probably not. But hey, you're clever. You know that's how reviews work. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcatcher of your choice. That's not kind of productions podcast.